public episode if you're interested in getting more episodes become a patron at patreon.com slash work stoppage uh join our discord to see more stuff going on and uh give us a nice review or i think like i said in the last one give a bad review to uh pod save america and make sure to mention us that they should they should listen to us instead um and but uh for today you know i'm I'm not usually the one who does the intro and it's john but john is a little busy today uh so Again, I'm Lena. I'm Dan. And we also have a guest from Invent the Future, Red Game Table, and is a home health care worker, uh, Ethan. Welcome, Ethan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're just having Ethan on uh, to replace John Paul. It's totally fun. We're just doing this it, for fun. It's great. Uh, I have done an entryism, and uh, we have now instituted a Marxist-Leninist takeover of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. We'll uh, just be cycling out, uh, <laughs> cycling out members. Yeah. <laughs> in in a year, you're not going to see any of us. It's going to be a totally new, fresh pod. Right. <laughs> just kidding. But um, like usual, at the most at the beginning of most episodes, we're going to be doing a follow up. We're going to be following up on our uh, episode, our Patreon episode that we did last time, which was uh, profiled the uprising in Colombia. And, uh, yeah, I guess Dan has some news for us on that front. Yeah, so um, we covered this in depth on the last episode, so I'm not going to, like, really break down, like, the whole what's been going on for the past couple weeks. But um, basically, I think, as as all our listeners at this point will be aware, there's been an ongoing uh, series of protests, strikes, I I think which can be best characterized as an uprising, um, in Colombia over the past couple of weeks – Although it's in, you know, it's it's at the law end of a long, long struggle in Colombia, um, going back decades, um, and these protests have been cracked down on extremely harshly by the state, um, uh, especially their uh, state like anti riot police force SMAD, which was uh, basically created by the United States, um, and so since our episode last week, um, things have pretty much stayed exactly as they were um yeah i think that we saw we reported last week that uh, maybe it was the day of or the day before had been there had been 81 disappearances Mm -hmm. um and if we had assumed since the beginning of the uprising that's about how many had occurred that same amount has continued to occur over the period of a week uh escalating to 548 missing persons and many other like like um there are there are at least 40 dead um there are 1900 almost 2000 cases of abuse of force which i'm guessing is just like police brutality yeah um then we've got a thousand people arbitrarily detained basically becoming political prisoners and uh 12 cases of of sexual violence which i i'm guessing is actually probably in undercount of that sort of thing oh, as it uh, normally yeah. is assuredly yeah and with this sort of, I mean, you never disappeared slash missing person is never a good 
status to fall under, but in Latin America, it has a particularly dark history. Um, so I, I mean, the, the official number of 40 dead so far is almost certainly a very large undercount. Um, however, um, even in the face of all this oppression and, and, and violence from the state, the, uh, national strike committee has not backed down and, um, has continued to push the protests, uh, to bring basically to force uh, the Duque regime to uh, meet the protest movement's demands. They met with the Colombian government officially on Monday when we, because we mentioned um, at the end, uh, uh, last episode, that they had talked about doing a quote, national dialogue, um, which is, I looked up the same exact language they used back in 2019. Uh, when a lot of these same protest movements were protesting the same thing and nothing has changed since then. But that has not fooled the protesters. Um, there uh, was a quote from from one of the, the reps of one of the unions there, the Colombian Association of Student Representatives, um, Jennifer Pedraza, who said, this is a reissue of what happened in tw- November 2019 when the demands were ignored. Ivan Duque's speech was complacent with the excessive use, uses of strength. Um, and he's been going out there basically doing the same sort of spin you saw last year from our government during the, the Black Lives Matter protests, where he's been coming out there and saying, like, confirming the right of Colombians to peacefully protest, but then saying there will be, quote, zero tolerance for protesters who break the law. Yeah, that, and that's just... Uh, clearly, clearly, like not uh, looking at the way that protests manifest and the way that like things are expected to escalate, especially when the state violence comes down on people. Um, obviously, that's just a just just an excuse to to increase the violence on on the Colombian people. I was I'm I know I'm sure you've talked I'm sure you folks have talked about this before, but I was looking this guy Duque up and like he went to fucking school at American University in Georgetown. Like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Duque is absolutely a, a creature of the United States. He is, like, the 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 platonic ideal of a puppet. <laughs> well, yeah, and it says he was, like, uh, one of the representatives of the uh, Inter-American Development Bank, which I think is, like... Um, it's not a. It's not one of the Bretton Woods institutions, but it's the exact same kind of thing. Or it's like uh, Wikipedia is like it's the largest source of development financing for Latin America. So yeah, I mean it, he's like it, this guy is it's, just a. It's like a mini IMF. Right. Exactly. Like a okay, regionally specific okay. one. No, but I mean yeah, just like you look up anything about this guy, and he just looks like such a fucking. Like CIA just plan. yeah, absolute. I mean, <laughs> maybe, but pro- doesn't even need to be. Just like the perfect like neoliberal ruler um True. who yeah. is like oh yeah i've like i've got all these degrees like it's american american education and yeah the oh, the, the, the technocratic dream exactly exactly <laughs> see we just got to put somebody with the right qualifications who will take our money to kill the people we don't like oh my <laughs> gosh oh, I, love, Tec- I love this uh this yeah. according to this he was one of colombia's representatives at the inter-american development bank and there he served as chief of the Division of Culture, Solidarity, and Creativity. Oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> Create, You mean creative solidarity, like having the cops crack down on the protesters? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it's like that, that, that is a real job. Like. Yeah, that, is, that, that doesn't sound exactly like, you know, the uh, International Labor Division of the AFL-CIO. 
Yeah. Oh god. But well, in the in the like same wheelhouse as like technocratic solutions, I think that uh, we can move to Connecticut back here in the United States, where we have seen. Uh, what, uh, I guess one of them labor shortages that people are talking about, right? Where we <laughs> yeah. have to bring in the bring in the military to to fill in those those labor gaps. Am I wrong? No. Um, we're actually going to be covering uh, the National Guard being brought in as strike breakers, as scabs to actually um, basically take the jobs of striking nursing and home worker nursing home workers. Well, yeah, as you were suggesting. Um, Comrade Governor Ned Lamont has indeed read his Mao Zedong and is ordering the People's Liberation Army of Connecticut to go down to the... Oh, wait, no, that's what (laughs) it would be happening if we lived in a good country. Um, No. Um, So, as Lena was saying, uh, there uh, is a strike that is potentially about to start. That's the other thing about this is this is only being done in the potential of a strike. Uh, 4,000 members of uh, Uh. SEIU uh, District 1199, which covers like most of Southern New England. Um, Wait, so hold on. I don't mean to interrupt, but like you're saying they haven't even gone on strike yet and they're being threatened with military intervention. That's correct. (laughs) By a Democratic governor in a, in, you know, a, a very liberal state. And I mean that, and not ironically. <laughs> well, you just uh, got to vote blue. That's right. Vote yeah. blue no matter who, folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, so a collection of union uh, workers from the SEIU who work across 39 nursing homes across Connecticut have basically informed their employers and the state, and we'll get to why the state's getting involved here in a sec, um, of their potential, of their intent to strike if their uh, contract negotiation demands are not met. Um, there are about 3,400 uh, of those workers uh, are set to stop work this Friday. Uh, the remaining set to stop work on May 28th. Um, and these folks all work at facilities where their contract expired in March, and so they've been basically saying, okay, we've been working all through the pandemic. We got a new contract. Time to have some new terms. And of course, like we see time and time again, their employers are just like, no, we, how, we couldn't. Well, we'll give you nothing. How about that? <laughs> will, will you take nothing? And that's basically Not been their the offer. For the gaming license. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And the problem here and where, I mean, where the state comes in is that because a large, a very large portion of the funding for these private care facilities comes from Medicaid funding, that means that public private partnership, right? Exactly. (laughs) You have all these private facilities that are ultimately basically publicly funded. So even though these uh, union workers are all technically bargaining with their employers, they're also bargaining with the state because the state has declared, oh, well, since we basically set the rates because we do the Medicaid funding, we're going to get come in here and make sure that this goes smoothly by threatening to call the National Guard in to replace you as scabs instead of listening to any of your demands. <laughs> so wait a sec. You're saying here that the... Of pr- that private corporations are going to the state who's going to send in the military to enforce their demands? God, this <laughs> yeah, is like a, I think it's so. It's like a fucking dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, Jesus. 
<laughs> Wild. <laughs> well, Crazy. And I mean, when I first saw this, I was assuming like, oh, they're bringing in the National Guard to basically, you know, make the people go back to work or to arrest people. And I was like, well, you know, it'd probably be better PR if they just went in there and scabbed the work. Well, it turns out... That's exactly what you. they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So I, as soon as my introduction, you mentioned um, that I'm a home health care worker, which I, so I take care of old people like in their in their house. Um, but my wife works in uh, nursing homes and has worked in nursing homes for like uh, almost a decade at this point. And like the th- or it might be over a decade. Doesn't matter. You can cut that out. Um, <laughs> the but like. This happened um, here in Colorado. This happened last year, um, in that the National Guard was called in because, like, to work in uh, in these nursing homes because so many workers were and like nurses and CNAs were out because they were sick with COVID that the state had to call the National Guard to yeah to fill those uh, fill those positions. And so yeah, so this is and 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 that just give some context for this which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to here about just like the um context of these workers of these uh nursing home workers just how terrible it's been for the last like 14 15 months or however long it's been i mean it was bad before like working in a nursing home is a terrible like thankless job it's it's an important like absolutely socially necessary one because of how we deal with um you know, elderly and disabled people here in this society. But like, so it was bad before, but then like during COVID where you've got like nursing, you've got populations that are some of the most uh, vulnerable to COVID and just the, the level of um, new uh, like restrictions and, and uh, safeguards and all these things. And it was, it's just been awful. So like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I, I want oh uh, yeah I mean Dan if you want to make a point I wanted to actually read the quote um if mm. you want to make your point before I read that quote well yeah I was just gonna say like to to what you were saying Ethan like the 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 dichotomy in such a short period of time is is so shocking because you have like a year ago you have these folks out here healthcare workers are essential are workers they're Absolutely. all heroes we are sending in the military to help them and now a year later when they come back and they say hey so you know how the work we do is really important and so important that you thought it was necessary to send in the military to help us can you send, pay us a living wage now and they're like no we're just gonna send in the military to replace you again <laughs> Yeah, like, well, and I mean, you mentioned living wage. These people are paid uh, on average between thirteen and fifteen dollars per hour. The we the raise that they're asking for is to go up to twenty. Totally reasonable for a healthcare worker. In fact, if anything, that's that's kind of low in my opinion. Hmm. Um, and but I, I wanted to read the actual like statement from the governor. I authorize you immediately to call up sufficient force of members of the armed forces of the state to support as needed the Department of Public Health in protecting the public health and safety in response to any potential work stoppage or strike of workers uh, at at long term care facilities or other congregate settings in the state beginning on the on may 14th 2021 now 
I just wanna, now we have to remember that these are scabs, these are military scabs that are coming in. And and I lo- and the language here, a sufficient force of members. Like, it's kind of interesting how in the military, if you're a worker, you can be like a sufficient force, but if your worker is out there striking, you're, you're, you're deviants and you should be, you should a, be squashed. A, a threat to the public health. That's right. Well, and that's and that's how that that's how that so often gets framed with like nursing homes and just the medical field in general is like well, it's too important you can't you can't strike like like we need these people need like the care to happen and it's like yes I agree which is why these people who do that work deserve uh all that they ask and more because that is such a an important thing that that you can't have a gap in care. Right cuz cuz I mean even if you want to be the callous person who ignores, you know, the worker side and just goes to the patient side. If, if I'm a patient in any medical facility, but I mean, including a nursing home, I would prefer that the person helping me has a stable enough financial situation that, you know, they probably did do their job. Yeah. And they're not running on three hours of sleep and six energy drinks because they had, when they got off their shift, they had to go work six hours, driving Uber or delivering shit for fucking Grubhub because they're only getting paid 12, 13, $14 an hour. And in Connecticut where like it is expensive as shit to live. <laughs> like I've lived in Connecticut 13 and $15 an hour, like is incredibly it's not enough pay. almost anywhere especially yeah. but like and also i i really want to remind everyone that there is a a better solution to this and it is to give in to the workers demands there is absolutely no reason to activate the military besides to flex force to to literally to to bring down the violent arm of the state on these workers in fact this whole thing is an escalation against these workers that we supposedly care about like we're supposed to like be bringing these people up like we clap for them i mean obviously that was the raise that that they expected to give but that's not enough when the workers just like say hey we are if you want to consider us essential how about you pay us like we're essential even though twenty dollars again is not enough uh, in that situation, but at least they're they're talking about that as the floor of the wage. So that would bring hopefully more people up even further than that. But really, they can just give in to these workers' demands. There is money there. They can actually just whatever money they're going to spend to activate these military people. I don't care. Give it to the fucking like I don't even, like don't give it to the private company. Just give it directly to the workers. <laughs> yes. But <laughs> yeah. well, that that's the thing. The whole idea that this mobilization could possibly cost less than just agreeing (laughs) to what these people are asking for is so absurd as to invalidate that argument entirely and show it for what it's like. No, this has nothing to do with whether or not you can afford to pay people those wages. It's because this is a movement of workers asserting their rights and that has to be crushed. Yeah, well, and so the... um so nursing homes and and long-term care facilities in particular like those are jobs uh i mean another element of this is that those are jobs that are like disproportionately made up of um women and non-binary people and uh also a lot of the like the lowest paid um positions with like the cnas and all of that are 
not white people. And so like, so this is a, this is a specifically like under the, and it's, and, and again, it's just absolutely unreal amounts of work and like responsibility and, and stress and like abuse a lot from, uh, from your clients for various reasons. And like, and yeah. And so just all these factors together, like, no, obviously they absolutely, the state obviously, and the state and the, uh, these corporations obviously can't give into these demands because like it is the the least like the the lowest the lower classes the lower of the lower classes and you can't give them ideas yeah so i did want to mention one thing is that the company did offer a you know a partial settlement to this issue obviously like you know when you're doing contract negotiations the company is going to give their proposal and and it's obviously going to be bullshit but today the bullshit is that they are offering a 4.5 percent raise the next two years which is shit and uh, when we look at the raise that they are looking for, it is closer to 33% in order to compensate for the years that there were not good wage increases. And for the fact that they, they like, I, I know when uh, when it comes to some of the stuff that we were talking about COVID that we're like, well, there's a lot of people out there doing um, actions. And maybe these people were like, hey, we're going to try to be the good ones or whatever, and like in the liberal mindset. And then coming out now to do like, hey, we, we did what you said. Now, you know, put your money where your mouth is and fucking pay us. And they're like, no, we're sending in the military. Wait, 4.5% of... Thirteen, fifteen dollars now. That's like seventy cents, right? Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. nothing. <laughs> well, and the other the other thing I was going to mention um, with the these like Medicare facility or Medicaid facilities is like the hoops you have to go through um, as a worker for like who's getting paid through Medicaid, like like I am. It is unreal. Like you have Oof. to. Uh, document all of this stuff and check mark like yes I spent uh, 2.5 minutes performing perineal care uh, this morning and like all of this stuff and it's just like there's this hyper focus on like oh we're, we gotta like responsibly spend uh, the public's money um, and then yeah it's like okay well I'm also gonna we're gonna I'm sure they'll drop we'll, we'll drop off some uh, National Guard medics in an APC to your uh, yeah <laughs> to your nursing home it's like oh okay how's that are we are we we're gonna spend um the public's money this way okay cool right yeah so we we've advanced from the militarization of the police to the militarization of the healthcare (laughs) sector (laughs) that's that's how america is gonna do this shit we're just gonna militarize every sector of the fucking country (laughs) absolutely i am i've got a modded um assault rifle that fires uh like medications out (laughs) You just like just line it up <laughs> just put those like two in the two in the mouth there you go right. and like <laughs> and to the conditions that you were talking about like the 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 officials from uh, SEIU district 1199 mentioned here that 24 members of this district died from covid-19 over the last year and hundreds became sick so like the like these are people as as you said that have been on the I mean, they want to use all the fucking military metaphors. They've been on the front lines of this from day one. And now, and now these same people who think that like, because Jon Stewart goes to Congress every year to try and re-up the benefits for 9-11 
firefighters that he's the best guy on earth for doing that. Not that that's bad, but like those same people don't give a shit about any of the people working at these homes. Like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, fuck them. Put, put, put the national guard in there. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like people died doing this work, like very, very like tangibly, like there and and people are these are like dangerous work conditions in the first place because of the fact that you're dealing with in the health industry. The health industry is a field where there is a ever there's always like something to be prepared about. Um and and to be out there. I mean like these can you imagine getting paid $13 to die from COVID? Whew. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, I mean, I, I I mean to be this bleak because honestly, that's exactly what they're doing. They're they're really actually saying that that's acceptable. That's what's supposed to happen. And and it's and it's so important that that happen. We need to bring out the national guard to make sure that it keeps happening. Yeah, it's fucking so, disgusting. Anyways, fuck Ned Lamont. Fuck the state of Connecticut. Fuck the Connecticut National Guard. <laughs> that's right. America. that's That's right anyways Uh, good luck to seiu 1199 all the states just got a shitload of money from the stimulus they have more than enough money to pay the 20 dollars an hour so fuck them i really hope that this doesn't like hamper their strike efforts and they are able to go out anyway yeah i mean when you when you look at like how much uh when you look at these it's a whole it's a whole other thing that we don't don't have time to get into i'm sure but like when you look at a lot of these private care companies and long-term care companies that run nursing homes and stuff it is just it is the most just brazen and corrupt uh stuff like oh yeah we're 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 doing the healthcare factory here like we're churning out uh churn out facilities come on we gotta get uh and and then the yeah and it's these the executives are making just untold amounts of money and it's, it's just like comically evil. So yeah. Yeah. Just like most industries, but anyway, yeah. Speaking of comically evil, (laughs) but in a more literal sense, (laughs) uh, our next story is about the animation studio Floyd County, uh, who make, uh, Archer is probably their most well-known show. Um, but is treating its employees like shit and are refusing to recognize uh, the union that the their workers are attempting to form. Wow. No one. I mean, like, I uh, am definitely uh, tired of that same season replayed over and over in a different setting. <laughs> uh, that is a that is an Archer reference. But like, uh, like, I think that these workers are definitely even though you know they're in part of projects that are kind of shitty in my opinion you know these are still people that deserve dignity now the the thing about this is that they did they like they've actually properly gotten their union right well <laughs> yeah if 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 the pro act had been passed um or if america just had you know a semi decent labor rights situation even by the capitalist standards these folks would have already gotten their union because uh workers at um floyd county productions which operates out of georgia um have all publicly stated that they want to have a union um which is basically the standard by which under card check uh, honestly that's even since they're like you know coming out publicly like this I, you can even say they even have more support than they would need under card check but they have clearly demonstrated that they have a majority of workers want to form a union. Uh, specifically, they're uh, unionizing with uh, CWA, uh, Communication Workers of America. But 
Unfortunately, the folks that own Floyd County are going through the same uh, bag of tricks we hear all the time. Uh, I mean, Lena, stop me if you've heard these ones before. They've hired a union-busting firm. Stop. <laughs> They've held <laughs> mandatory captive audience meetings during work hours. Yeah. And uh, additionally, as part of a filing uh, of unfair labor practices that uh, these folks have, have put to the NLRB, they, quote, implemented a policy requiring employees to obtain management approval for any media publications or social media postings regarding their employer. Oh, my God. You know, this is this is something that we saw at Google and Amazon, especially, oh, and Starbucks is another place where I've actually known people who've gotten fired or reprimanded specifically just for being like, like oh i had a shitty day at work like there i i wow. had a, one of one of the uh the um shift supervisors that i was working with uh literally got written up for complaining about having a shitty day at work are you wow. implying that anything that goes on at our place of employment on any given day is less than ideal <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm not surprised honestly uh the the thing that surprised me about this story a little bit when I was first starting to read it was because I was surprised because I like just from, you know, watching a lot of cartoons, I guess, because uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the studios that you see a lot of these shows from are unionized and, and reading this this article um, from Vice that's talking about this effort. Uh, they, they do point that out is that like most of the studios on the West Coast, uh, like the studios that actually operate out of Hollywood are unionized and have been unionized for decades. And and so it's kind of, I actually found it kind of hard not to see the parallels here between like uh, in the like Reagan era, 80s, um, like death of the labor movement when uh, unionized shops in Detroit were closed down for from auto factories and they would open shops up, not only overseas, but also in the right to work states in the Sun Belt. And a similar situation here where you've got like all you've got like the traditional big union animation shops uh, and some studios have moved their work out of seas like you, you, overseas you'll see people like places will hire like really exploited workers in South Korea and, and, and other Asian countries yeah. uh, and but they've also done stuff like Floyd County where they'll move to a state that has you know all these incentives for for business business friendly states. Uh, AKA labor unfriendly states. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so they've done the same thing here where, where they're basically trying to use the anti-labor regulatory environment to help prevent their workers from forming a union. Yeah. Oh. Well, and this is classic in art. Art is a very like the, there's a quote in here. It says, "And the animation industry is pretty vol- volatile." I mean, that's with a lot of different um, art communities. These people are looking for job security. Uh, I I know that when I because I'm like a an audio engineer kind of person by trade, but uh, I'm not doing that anymore, partially because those jobs are incredibly precarious. Um, and there are, and at least in audio, there are not really enough unions and there are not enough protections. And the fact that these people are looking to get a union so that they can get some job protection is super understandable because like artists are disposable to the capitalist class. That's it. I, I don't have more. It's just, <laughs> it's, they are just disposable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so Dan, what you were mentioning a second ago about like the, uh, super exploited animators in South Korea. Like I, that was, 
that was a thing that they started doing more in like the 70s and 80s is um and and they but and a lot of the big uh like a lot of the big production companies still do rely on foreign um animators even just to like fill in uh stuff so like like the animators at a studio will uh at a studio here in the US will like design the characters and kind of do some of how everything moves and and all of that and then they'll ship that over to like Korea or India or Indonesia or something where yeah these people will get paid like pennies to like crank out the the rest of the frames and yeah and so it's yeah and art art is a art is a whole thing but yeah it it, it does follow like this this thing yeah it does follow kind of the 70s and 80s like deindustrial or quote unquote deindustrialization yeah and and, and and with that precarity like that you were talking about that you know they, they mentioned in here that like when a show ends uh because these folks end up basically being like short-term contract workers because they said when a show ends um the employees are usually placed on quote hiatus and essentially are furloughed they're like yeah all right well no more work so go apply for unemployment and like Having to constantly do that, being on a job and being worked to death and having to crunch for deadlines and then getting kicked off completely and having to be on unemployment, like that would drive anybody in any profession nuts. Like that's a, that's an unsustainable type of work situation. And so it makes perfect sense that they would be, that the, the folks there would want to improve their situation. And the stuff that they're asking for, it's just clearer contracts, ending at-will employment, creating an independent healthcare plan that protects workers that are on hiatus. Like, the none of those are em- radical. To, I mean, the at-will employment. The is. at-will employment is maybe the biggest one. That is something that we need to abolish entirely. Like, that is just maybe one of the the main purveyors of precarity in our in our labor industry really i think arguably the 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 primary reason to get a union (laughs) yeah uh, is to not be at at will employment anymore Um, yeah but so of course these folks being animators uh what i thought was really neat is they made a little one minute video uh, with a little animated cartoon guy like singing Solidarity Forever and talking about oh, yeah. like why they need a union and it's very cute. And so, of course, the the response to that from the company w- w- was to adopt a new NDA policy and tell people not to talk about their job outside of work. Yeah, which actually, I mean, is illegal. Uh, I mean, but there's such a gray area in there because you're allowed to to express discontent. But if you do have, like, some sort of NDA, as soon as they can tie it to some sort of intellectual property, that's where they're, like, they're going to crack down on you. It's like, oh, I was working on this animation project, and I and they threatened to kick me out. And then as soon as you say, I was working on an animation project, you violated the NDA, and they can fire you. Uh, or, or some shit like that. I mean, they'll, they'll do anything to undermine even the basic ship tier protections that we all have under the NLRA. Yeah. And, and so even though um, the workers do ha- have had enough uh, folks publicly express their support that what was that an election, they would have, have won a union election. We know, I mean, we just talked about the Bessemer drive on how they had 2000 people sign cards for the union election. And then 
they ended up getting 700 votes. And that's just to say there is a lot that can happen between agreeing to have a, a union vote and then going through that incredibly like awful anti-union campaign from the company until you get to the election. And so that's what the, the folks that want to unionize at Floyd County have been pointing out. They've said, fine, we'll agree to do and go through the whole fucking rigmarole of an NLRB election, even though they should just voluntarily recognize them. If the company commits to ending its union busting campaign and discontinuing its work with the law firm that it's hired, Hawkins, Parnell and Young, um, that specializes in, in union busting, um, they said, quote, we would agree to an election if the company wasn't uh, weren't engaging in any union tactics and hiring union busting lawyers. But the company is not neutral. If they allowed people to vote on what they perceive as their best interest, we'd be happy to go that route. And so, yeah, so maybe maybe they're are they planning maybe they're planning on a slightly different route with like solidarity union or something like that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the options are basically uh, is I mean, as far as I was I mean there's plenty of creative options outside this, but the logical ones are either agree to the election and try to, f- to do, hope that you've done enough inoculation that you get through it. Or I think the other way you do escalate it is a wildcat strike. I mean, would, would, would yeah. be the other option. Um, although, yeah, those- this is not to say they shouldn't do that, but that's gotta be scary to do in an industry where there's so much outsourcing. Like, yeah, and the precarity is, the, again, just, yeah. like, really making it so that if they were to do something like that, they can all just be fired. At, like, it's they're at-will employees. It's, they need a contract. Right. But, and, and this is one of the cases where I would hope, because this is, like, because this is kind of a culture industry company, um, that a public pressure campaign, like, you know, Vice, like, like this Vice story getting passed around. I, mm-hmm. Not that... I don't, in a lot of cases, I don't really think those do a whole lot, but with companies where their public image is more a part of their actual brand, um, and I think any company that's involved in producing, you know, entertainment is a company like that. I mean, we just saw this big kerfuffle with the Golden Globes, which do not matter and are a big rich people party. Um, I actually don't so even know like, about it. Exactly. It does, well, it doesn't matter. I'm not, it's, it's a pointless story, but, um, <laughs> Like people, no, but like there are like people returning their Golden Globes because of a, a perceived, uh, of of no, of an accurate um, accounting of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association as being you know racist and exclusionary and shitty. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that the more we can get like you know the news about this out there, the better. But it will, I'm. It's a really tough decision for the Floyd County workers. Like, how are you going to proceed with that? Because the the this the labor situation in this country doesn't give you a good option. You have it's 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 very risky either way. Um, yeah. But I hope they're able to come through it and get their union. Well, um, on on that um, thought, I mean, whether it be precarity or it be at will employment or it be a struggle that's been very long fought, our next uh, one is maybe even a story that we've covered. In fact, I know we've covered a story almost exactly like this on the pod before, and I have covered it uh, as far back as like 2015 when I was working with a different labor news program. Um, But... McDonald's workers planned a strike on May 19th for their $15 minimum wage. Um, I am so 
tired of covering this story. Not because I don't want to support the workers, not because of any sort of cynical like this or that. It's literally because I have been covering it for six years. And and I I I cannot believe how absolutely disgusting McDonald's and other sorts of fast food companies are that they have been just smashing these workers into the ground for years to the point where these are like wildcat strikes that are that happen basically like these workers are even like threatened with being fired again just like the the animation workers that we just spoke about like Sure, McDonald's is where they're in a unique position because of like what was the the um the largest labor movement in history according to Newsweek, which is paper signs on doors uh at, at fast food restaurants <laughs> and whatever like bullshit that person posted. But like, you know, it is true that there is a lot more pressure on on food and, on food workers or on food industry, um, at least post pandemic with Everybody trying to force things open while it's still incredibly unsafe, while uh, like immunocompromised people are still un, like going to be entire like basically entirely unprotected, unable to leave their homes, and because as COVID becomes endemic, which if you listen to that quote from what was the Pfizer guy who's like, oh, and we're looking forward to it becoming endemic because of the profit motives. I mean, yeah, no, seriously, look that video up; it's fucking disgusting. But anyway, uh, like I said, May 19th, there's going to be another uh, Fight for 15 strike, and there's going to be walkouts of cashiers and cooks in 15 U.S. cities um, around around the nation, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Los Angeles, Oakland, Sacramento, Miami, Tampa, Orlando, Chicago, Detroit, Flint, Kansas City, St. Louis, Houston, Milwaukee, and other cities were listed in there. And maybe your city, maybe you work at McDonald's. Maybe you can talk to your coworkers. <laughs> this list yeah, is incomplete. Don't... You can help by expanding it. <laughs> yes, That's right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to like like you said, like this is this has happened a bunch and it's disgusting that it has to keep happening. Um but I there was a quote in here that I really just think some like the whole thing up where they have um this guy Terrence Wise was a department manager at a Kansas City, Missouri uh, McDonald's where he's worked for 22 years. And he said, quote, we made them that $5 billion in profit last year. There wouldn't be shares to divide if we weren't making burgers and McFlurries. Our message to shareholders on May 19th is you don't have to wait on legislation. You can pay us $15 an hour now. That should be the floor. And this guy has been working there, again, for over two decades, and they're only paying him fifteen seventy-five an hour. Like, if you've been working at a McDonald's for 22 years, you should own the McDonald's. Like, that should be that guy's franchise. I mean, granted, if you've been working there for five minutes, you should partially own the franchise because that's how all of these should work. But it's, it is just, how can you look somebody who has been working for you for 22 years in the face and tell them that they're only worth 15 to 75? Like, that's, fuck these people. <laughs> Don't go to fucking McDonald's on, on, on the 19th. Like, support these workers yeah, if you do, if you do, and there are people working, you should encourage them to come out and strike. Yeah. Like, honestly, I I know that that's a little bit of a haphazard like thing to do, just walk into a McDonald's and try and get them to strike. But still, like, like really, like if you're in any of these cities, maybe go stand in solidarity. 
Like that's that's something you can do too. Yeah, um, people coming and helping out on the picket line is 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 always appreciated. Yeah. Well, that guy already makes fifteen seventy five. What is what is he complaining about? <laughs> yeah, no, but there will be people. That, uh, <laughs> no, you joke, I, but there are people that no, will say. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, or it's like, it's well, hey, minimum wage in Missouri is like ten dollars. So damn. You, yeah. It's already. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, but that's the thing, and, and that's why I I love the fact that the workers themselves are just like they made five billion dollars. Well, if they didn't, then they wouldn't have the incentive to keep shitting out the same. Uh, they wouldn't bring the McRib back if they didn't. No, but it, then your burger might cost more money. What if I? You no, know, I don't. What if yeah, no value I, menu? I, <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to go over the list of bullshit right. excuses no, I know. of all yeah. the fucking liberals. <laughs> Um, I think that maybe what we should do is we should cover the again the f- another shit tier giant corporation that's that's prevailing in their fucking exploitation of workers and this time making it incredibly unsafe to be one of those workers for another reason. I'm gonna let y'all guess. Yes, it's Amazon once again. <laughs> this. This is uh, we basically had the last episode we didn't touch Amazon. I was amazed <laughs> because they fuck up so often that we cannot get away from covering these motherfuckers. Like, all right, so the the headline here that we have on here is uh, Amazon drivers are instructed to drive recklessly to meet delivery quotas. Yeah. What is that? What <laughs> what? And so all of this comes to us through our favorite aspect of Amazon, which is their use of independent contractors. And in this case, we're not talking about how, you know, misclassifying their individual employees as independent contractors, but through the employing of numerous small delivery agencies as contractors to handle their package deliveries um, so that Amazon is not actually hiring most of its delivery drivers directly they're instead subcontracting them out but like they but, started these small companies right well technically no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, okay. it's it's very much a gray area and 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 we'll get it because the thing is this is there's a lot of parallels i honestly think between these delivery companies and mcdonald's because they've really turned this into a franchise model um so Drivers who deliver packages for Amazon, um, whether they work for Amazon directly or work for a contractor, um, are required to install an app on their phone when they're working called Mentor. And it's a it's a monitoring app. Basically, it uses GPS and accelerometer telemetry data um, to track your driving um, while the, the app is on. Um, and Amazon's like, no, we need you to remember do this. Remember the A to Z app. I mean, it's, pro- it's yeah. just another union busting tactic and a, another surveillance uh, surveillance state, you know, apparatus that they've implemented into their company. Yeah, and and so the de- the description is ba- and, and basically they they give every driver what they call quote a FICO safe driving score. And they tie drivers' bonuses as well as company bonuses to uh, keeping your driver score above a certain level, Man, which means fuck off. you know obeying you know posted speed limits, not using your phone too much, not like overly harsh braking, all the sorts of small monitoring you would expect from this sort of corporate surveillance system. And so that's 
extremely annoying. <laughs> but where this comes to be like incredibly oppressive on the workers is where you combine it with Amazon's insane delivery quotas where they're asking drivers to sometimes deliver upwards of 400 packages in a 10-hour shift. And so you, ha- and you have these, these contractors and the drivers who have incentives from Amazon's like payment structure to deliver their packages as fast as possible and deliver as many packages a day as possible because that maximizes the amount of money they can earn. But if you have this app on... And it detects you speeding, it lowers your driver score, which is going to hurt your ability to do that. And so a lot of the uh, people that own these independent, uh, quote unquote, independent um, delivery contractors have decided to do is just turn the app off. <laughs> so uh, this, this, is, uh, this, this article is, uh, interviewed several uh, delivery drivers, and they had a, a quote here from one that they, they got a text from their, their boss that said, quote, Starting tomorrow, everyone needs to be logged into Mentor for at least two hours, no more, no less. So make sure that's one of the first things we're doing in the morning. This was a, a dispatcher at a uh, warehouse in Atlanta. You so uh, all so that all the data is only the good data, and then a, a, after that, like do whatever you have to do in order to to deliver these packages. I don't care if you literally die in a car crash. Yeah. It's like you can drive. Yeah, drive drive safe for two hours and then get the rest of those packages delivered by any means necessary. Yeah. That's the thing. These motherfuckers are literally turning this shit into crazy taxi out here. Like, <laughs> be, be, because yeah. they because that's what happens. You game they gamify driving <laughs> to make you drive like you're in fucking GTA or you're gonna get fired. Yeah, exactly. Like I yeah, I need to fucking drift around these corners in yeah. my van to get the enough packages delivered so I don't get like so I don't so I make enough money to like not lose my rent. But then like how often are these uh how often are Amazon drivers getting pulled over? And then I like I, I don't know I don't know how much that happens, but I'm sure if that happens then Amazon's like, Oh wow, you can't we can't that's a liability fired. And so no. Exa- that that absolutely does happen. Yeah. I because I yeah. I have a friend who who was an Amazon oh. driver who didn't get pulled over but was involved in an accident that was not his fault oh and was ruled God. not his fault by the cops and they still fired. Uh. Need for it's, basic yeah. sustenance. Amazon drift. Yeah, it's just yeah. No, <laughs> what, what an impossible situation. And I mean, it, it seems to me like their whole business model is like they don't give a shit. Like they'll just fire you and get a fresh person. Yeah, yeah. they actually have like basically like like turnover quotas similar to Fuck. similar to well maybe not I don't know if these independent contracting companies necessarily do but I know that Amazon does where it's the same kind of thing where they want to make sure that they hand out enough tickets so that they can they can fund the police force uh, and really what it is is they want to make sure that they have large enough turnover that they can avoid any sorted concert any sort of concerted worker activity. Yeah, and like that's the thing because like every company benefits a certain amount from the existence of the reserve army of labor, but Amazon's business model requires it and requires it to keep getting worse (laughs) in order for them to be able to pay people nothing. So I'm afraid of the answer to this, and I don't know if you know it. Like, so so say I'm an Amazon driver and I'm driving really unsafely because I have to deliver my packages, and like I hit a curb and I bust a tire. Who's uh, who's on the hook for fixing the the van? 
Well, um, so that depends. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, is this similar? Um, this is exactly like what is it? Um, the Sorry We Missed You. This is just yeah. like the yeah. If, if anybody's ever watched Sorry We Missed You, I'm guessing it's it's almost exactly like that. Where you can make more money if you own your own vehicle and and hold all of that liability over your head, or you can use the company vehicle and make five dollars an hour. Well, that's the thing is, so what I've gathered is there's, there's kind of two models for this, both of which fuck the work over, worker over in different ways. <laughs> there's like cool. the self-employment model where you either use your own vehicle or you lease a, a delivery van from Amazon and then you're responsible and you got to take care of all that shit yourself. If you fuck up the vehicle, you got to take care of it. Then there's the working for Amazon or working for one of their delivery contractors model. And they have an example in here because you use their vehicles. Um, There was a worker here who said, quote, "Uh, my vehicle had a damaged roof, rain leaked inside, and the side door was broken for months. It also needed an oil change and tire pressure was low, but we weren't allowed to report anything because Amazon would ground the van. And that's one less route that delivery company would have. Oh, no. Wow, this is this also reminds me of when you did that reading from I Do Mind Dying with the with the broken jitneys that basically were death traps waiting for people to like they're just they keep leaving them unfixed until someone dies. And then yep. oh no, this is a tragedy. We're going to fix three of our vehicles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, that's the th- like you have these people who are all, these drivers are all put in an absolutely impossible situation where it's you either leave the app on and you drive safely and you get a good score and your boss harangues you the entire fucking day and you don't meet this insane arbitrary quota that they've put up there and then you probably get fired. Or you turn the app off and yeah, you'll probably be able to meet your quota, but maybe you'll get in an accident. Maybe you'll fucking crash and die because you're not, because you're like rushing to try and, and get this stuff out there so that you, and, and, and not to blame, cause not to blame them. Cause it's like, if, if it's between that or starving that week or not being able to pay rent or not yeah, being getting able to buy fired medicine. and being in precarity for until you get your yeah. next job. I, it's, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's not the traditional way, but it, it's definitely like Kafka-esque, just like the insane corporate bureaucracy like that a worker is thrust, thrust into. It's just like they've invented this new impossible uh, impossible situation. Yeah, Innovation. According to this, Amazon <laughs> employs over 1,300 different delivery companies to spread around all of this liability um, that employ hundreds of thousands of drivers around the world. Drivers have been beaten, bitten carjacked robbed shot and uh under pressure from their amazon their contractors to work quickly drivers have died in accidents killed and maimed other drivers passengers and pedestrians including a nine-month-old baby so like there's no like you're like the consequences of this are not hypothetical like yeah we're not we're not just like oh what if this terrible stuff happened it has happened yeah and 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 the thing with this is because Amazon, obviously, like the whole reason they use this network of contractors is to offload the liability off of them and to keep from another area where they would have to deal with labor organization. But the reason that I tie this to the franchise model and it, like part of the reason that it's so insidious is that even though these drivers are employed as by these independent contractors, they are required to use Amazon's like apps and metrics and 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 all of these like 
uh, different, you know, structures that Amazon provides in the same way that like a McDonald's franchise can't start selling Whoppers. <laughs> like it, they are, they are maybe technically independent contractors, but they're all running Amazon's system. So it, it, it really seems like they've managed to successfully like borrow that way of evasion of, of, of legal responsibility from the franchise model and now moved it on to the, the delivery model. Right. And God. I mean, it's, it's only, I, it, it exists, but it's also really only a matter of time until everything becomes gig, like gig app work as well. Yeah. These, a lot of these independent contractors are, are just going to be the next, the next Ubers or DoorDashes. Um, that's that's just the next step to not not only um, keep people in independent contracting status, but then also like pay them below below the wages that they should have. Um, we could go on about this forever. I I, I know we could just we. I'm sure I, like it'll said, come up cover, again soon. Yeah, we cover. We're going to cover Amazon on the next episode, and I don't even yeah. know what it's about yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they they keep coming up with new ways to enhance our uh, late capitalist dystopia. <laughs> like I said, they are innovating um, apocalyptic capitalist behavior. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, in a surprising turn of events, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce admitted that there was no labor shortage. What? That might be my characterization of their <laughs> No, yeah. Obviously, uh, this is actually just a ploy to get rid of any sort of benefits that have come because of the pandemic and any sorts of additional safety measures that are meant to make sure that people don't starve or end up um, houseless. But uh, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce says uh, COVID over. So yep. uh, if if the Ch- U.S. Chamber of Commerce actually, uh, well, I'm I'm gonna actually not refer to the Chamber of Commerce. I'm just gonna ask Ethan. Ethan, is COVID over? Uh, well, if you if by COVID you mean the attempt by our uh, capitalist overlords to loot uh, our communities and everything, then no. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, sorry. No. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard, uh, no. Yeah, no, it's definitely not over, but apparently the Chamber of Commerce thinks it's thinks it is because uh it wants I mean, to yeah. get people back to work, I guess. Well, yeah, you know, no, I mean looking like, out for the small business people. For the Oh, it's always about the small business. No, I mean like so a part of my job because I'm in like the the people I take care of, I have to watch like daytime news and daytime television and shit every day and they're constantly doing segments on like as america like uh comes out of the pandemic or like as we uh get back to normal i'm like well wait why didn't we still uh like didn't we and they also have but they also at the same time have segments like this is how many new cases of covid there are it's like okay well so it can't be you both things can't be true be scared well, but go outside <laughs> well no it's 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 the go to work consume more specifically. consume yeah consume but do not engage in politics only consume yeah exactly <laughs> um no i mean yeah this everybody's heard about the big labor shortage that we're having and we're closed and, no one wants to work <laughs> and that's that's really like why I want to talk about this. Cause like, I'm sure most of our listeners know that there's now been a concerted call from the right 
which of course includes uh, the Democratic Party, um, to cease the additional unemployment insurance benefits that uh, the federal government has already paid for, by the way. So these states are just, nah, fuck it. Uh, we don't need to, we don't need to give people more money. Uh, so be, they're basically deciding, nah, uh, pandemic's over. We got to get people back to work. Too many people out there sitting on their couches, playing video games, smoking weed, not wanting to, you know, just accept all these good jobs that we have out here that pay an incredible $7 and 25 cents. I hate this. No, stay sitting on that couch. (laughs) Stay smoking that weed. I, that is, that is your job as a proletarian. (laughs) <laughs> this is your patriotic duty to the international workers state. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I, and it's just it, it's just so ludicrous cuz I mean folks, I don't think I'm sure nobody listening to this is fooled by the whole labor shortage canard. Um and but, if you and if you are and you wanted like more information, Citations Needed did a really great yes. bit on it. Go check them out. Uh, yeah, if you are confused, go talk to literally anyone who has worked at a restaurant. <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely like the the other thing to your thing about them declaring the pandemic over there was the governor of south carolina the way he phrased his announcement of ending the benefits i thought was extremely telling where he said quote this is uh south carolina governor henry mcmaster mcmaster quote, <laughs> yeah shit cool south carolina's businesses have borne the brunt of the financial impact of the covid19 pandemic those businesses that have survived both large and small including those in the hospitality tourism manufacturing and healthcare sectors now face an unprecedented labor shortage oh my god businesses are you okay (laughs) yeah we got six hundred thousand dead people in this in just in this country from COVID, and you're going to come out here and tell me that the burden of COVID has fallen mostly on businesses? Like that's where these—that's the people that are running our states—is—is is these fucking psychos? Well, yeah, and anyone who's like like uh, concerned trolling about, oh, you shouldn't have to wear masks anymore. Oh, I'm so like, what the fuck do you even care? Like, really, it's such a minor thing. I'm so tired of that shit. I'm so tired of it. Like, well, the other I, thing is like. Just for, uh, in, in case, like, you know, you get pressed on this by some annoying lib. Like, if there was a labor shortage, you would see an increase in wages. That's what happens when there's a labor, sh- when there's an actual labor shortage, when there is actually not enough workers to meet the production demand in the country. Uh, you will note, since they are calling out the National Guard to avoid paying care workers $5 an hour more and still not a living wage, that clearly <laughs> there is not actually a labor shortage. And what there is is a wage shortage. Mm-hmm. And that's what all of these actions by these states, which include Montana, South Carolina, and Arkansas, that are going to end these these benefits. It's that, okay... We beat we beat COVID enough for the ruling class not to be worried about it anymore. So back to work, plebs. Yeah. It's like you guys like, all, you had your nice little uh, year off. Time to time yeah. to get back to work. <laughs> year off, my fucking yeah, ass. Yeah. Like that shit. Like oh my god. Uh, well, but this. But but don't worry. The most progressive president in history. All right, is I'm gonna stop office. you there, dude. FDR <laughs> squared. <laughs> um, and our. Yeah, Comrade I, Joe Biden. 
Yeah, <laughs> something, something. I don't want to. I, I don't. I don't want to give any fucking moments to that piece of shit. Um, but like, no, seriously. The, the there's all sorts of right wing uh, organizations that are trying to pretend that that there is no longer a threat to like people's lives out there every single day by interacting and being forced to go to work. Not only because of COVID, but because of the incredibly horrible conditions that they advocate for. Um, one of the things that we saw, and I mentioned it earlier, that that the joke from the the Newsweek article is the all the signs on doors. I mean, like I I maybe I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but uh, one of the there is actually a cool one. There's actually one like I saw some <laughs> some door signs, even some sarcastic ones, and they are kind of ramping up. I think I've seen like fresh ones constantly. It's they're they're not like just uh just repeating but uh some of them are like even saying oh yeah and nobody wants to work because we're shitty we're shitty employers and stuff like that yeah. like people have been actually like pretending to pose as the business it's it's not not too bad yeah. but this next i mean i am i getting ahead of myself dan just just, just to wrap this one up like yeah. in, in case because there was a, an article that was put out by truth out that was kind of just summarizing a white paper from this group one fair wage um uh, which is a um, oh UC Berkeley did an, right yeah did a they're out of UC Berkeley and they did a study last year where they interviewed 2,800 fast food workers and surprise surprise of the workers who considered leaving their jobs during the pandemic which was over half I mean honestly I thought that I was surprised the number was as low as it was at 53 percent um, but 76 percent of those workers cited low wages and tips as the reason for leaving the industry. Not because they don't want to work. It's because you won't fucking pay them anything. (laughs) And it's... But they can't listen to that because then you have to admit that these these good jobs are actually uh, horrific, hyper-exploitative, like... I love those air Trash quotes. Jobs. Nobody would want. Nobody got to see it, but Dan did really heavy. <laughs> you air could hear them. You could hear them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And no, I, uh, but some I, one of those great. Jo- you know, Ethan, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I am just the the. I've just been constantly surprised, um, in like a bad way, how how hard these boots keep getting licked just by by everybody like they're just so used to having a completely complacent uh labor force they're just so used to it that like the slightest pushback it's like holy shit the this is this socialism oh my god like (laughs) i am i'm shocked like i i won't be surprised if uh rather than like if if it can continues even after they Get rid of the like minimum wa- or the the unemployment benefits. Um, no, they're gonna get rid of the minimum wage too. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but like, I'm just I'm 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 expecting most of these uh, fucking restaurants and like small business uh, taverns and whatever like Joe's widget shop, whatever. Like they're like I I just I'm expecting most of these places to just start contracting with prison labor like just in the fucking yeah, yeah just uh, at, at like oh, McDonald's yeah. like at, at, yeah at McDonald's at the fucking place it's like oh we can't find anybody so we have to start yeah you know we pay 70 cents an hour the van just drops them off in the morning and like yeah, yeah bad yeah, I just, wouldn't be surprised but um yeah one of these good jobs is actually one of the one of the signs on the door profiles that we wanted to bring up which uh has some 
actually pretty cool things written on it. There's even some hearts. Uh, <laughs> I, I like it. Uh, there's the there's four different signs. Uh, the first one says Google General Strike and learn how we can take power back, take our power back. I, I this oh, yeah. sentence is just like, all right, all right, I'm following. This is we already are getting a little like on the good side of ideology. Uh, to our loyal customers who treated us with respect. Thank you. We love you. And I mean, that's actually any worker can tell you that. Like, we, it's not that like people don't want to work. It's it, it, it. I mean, like some. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's fine if you don't want to work. But uh, but like, there's actually rewarding parts of jobs, which is generally helping people. And it's just never the structures in which these businesses are are designed around. The next sign, next part, um, part on this door, it says closed indefinitely because Dollar General doesn't pay a living wage or treat their employees with respect. Now, see that second one is exactly <laughs> the thing that kind of profiles why this is constantly happening because everyone's doing this every single job you cannot like i i think i i don't know if i mentioned it which i mentioned it earlier like someone's like oh yeah you can get a job around here they start around ten dollars and i was like i'm never working for ten dollars again in my whole fucking life like i'm sorry you could never get me to take a ten dollar an hour job again i would i would just i don't know go and steal food first and Dollar I encourage General. you to do that if, if you're, yeah. like, really. Dollar um, General, where everything's a dollar, including our uh, ideal wage for uh, yeah. our workers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of businesses reliant on an incredibly large and increasing reserve army of labor. Yeah. Dollar, oh, General. Dollar General. Yeah. And then uh, the bottom right signs, capitalism will destroy this country if we don't pay people enough to live their lives why should they slave away for you and this is like we're seeing this all over i mean even even liberals are out there and and posting on like uh, doing during posting hours saying you know it's actually that they're that we that jobs should pay better i've actually i mean sure it's not that hard to see i mean obviously it should just be that the workers own this shit but then um my favorite sign (laughs) on this is actually the fourth one which goes back it's kind of related to the first one it's thanks for the sodas joe with like a smiley face it's just like i don't know who joe is but probably a cool guy like they 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 mention in here so so this story well i I just wanted to throw this one in here at the end to to have you know kind of a happier note to to end on as lena has been alluding to um the staff at a dollar general in elliott maine um for all of the reasons enumerated in their extremely dope signs um, walked out and, and quit working at this place because, as they said, it doesn't pay people enough to live. And so no point in continuing to work there. Uh, and uh, they, they mentioned in this, this article that Joe was a, a customer who, uh, upon noting how shitty they all got treated, would, would buy members of the staff sodas like whenever he came in. Um, and so the I like The I only good customer. They they left yeah. that note there. They're like, they they did the fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, Joe. You're cool. <laughs> I love it. I really do. And I mean, because I saw a lot of signs, and this is definitely the coolest one. Um, I I think that when you quit your job, you like put put a bunch of like like seriously put communist propaganda up everywhere in fact print like print off on your on your black and white printer a bunch of communist propaganda uh <laughs> like put it in on every car underneath the windshield wipers of every car in the parking lot and yeah seriously do it 
there's there are there are not going to be any repercussions. You're already quitting. <laughs> but yeah, like, like <laughs> these four these four signs on the door. Is this a political compass? <laughs> <laughs> is there a range like that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's. But funny. yeah, like. Dollar General has a history of just being an absolute shit company. Like, their whole business model is just exploiting abject poverty, um, both from their workforce and their customers. Um, and I guess, ultimately, also their suppliers. <laughs> um, but, like, they, even in a, a nearby uh, situation, uh, there was a worker at a Dollar General in Limestone in Maine <clears throat> who was barred from suing Dollar General last year for wage theft. Because he'd signed an arbitration agreement. Mm. Yeah, I fucking hate those. I, I remember the when I was going through my union effort many many years ago. They were just starting to do these arbitration agreements, and they wanted me to sign it after we went into status quo. And they kept trying to pressure me to sign it, but we were in status quo, and so I refused. And I nice. never actually had to sign it. I actually managed to quit. Um, a year and a half later, after everything uh, kind of you know didn't work out as well as we had hoped, uh, but yeah, never signed that uh, arbitration agreement. Although I have to be honest with you, most of the, most people have to. They will fire you if you don't. Um, it is exactly like that. It is it, you're being you're being held you know in a in a way that is not you know a, a way that you get that option. You just don't get that option. And, and but, the worker that that they interviewed for this, uh, Bernd Erickson. Um, had said that the the day before they walked out, their manager had quit after working 70-hour weeks for a month and a half Oof. without getting any overtime. Yeah, because they're salaried, they're salaried at, like, the bare minimum at, like, 50K yep. or 40K or 30K or whatever that minimum is. They, like, seriously, they, they pick that number, and they're like, okay, your salary now. Yeah, and so they said, like, when when you actually worked out the – her like – their actual with her actual hourly wage, she was being paid less than minimum wage. Yeah, but it didn't matter because salary exempt. And so, yeah, it, 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 as you pointed out, they said uh, uh, they they posted all those signs, and 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 Erickson said, "I first heard about general strikes at the beginning of the pandemic. I wrote that one specifically so people might begin to think about how the workers might join together in a mass movement." Oh yeah, and that fucking rules. Good fuck Dollar General if they're not going to pay you a living wage. Quit your job and tell people to overthrow capitalism. Like, yeah. unironically, <laughs> this is, like, the best way to quit. Absolutely. Um, and speaking of the best way to quit, we're going to go into <laughs> the meme review. That's right. right. <laughs> um, this first one is, is kind of just a funny photo of, of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, and he, it's, a, it's a partial quote of a tweet that says, Don't work eight hours for a company. I like I that. Yeah, don't I mean, just don't do it. No, normally, <laughs> since he's, I guess, uh, theoretically a moderate Republican, I've never really been, uh, uh, you know, necessarily politically aligned with The Rock. But I definitely, I got to agree with the this statement of "don't work eight hours yeah. for company." Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> the original. I'm sure the, there was nothing more to that sentence that got cut off. I, I'm pretty sure uh, that's, that's the it. entire tweet. Yeah. You know what? Don't look it up. It's not <laughs> worth it. Just enjoy the meme. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, thank you, Mister The Rock. 
yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although this what, is the kind of rise I, and grind culture I want to see. Yeah, my, <laughs> my favorite is that we got another uh, trailer park boys like the what, what's uh, what's the getting, getting learned, learned philosophy. getting learned philosophy with uh, Ricky here saying work just needs to be a polished. Like, like polished isn't like to shine something. Just like when uh, you need to polish your car to get the dirt and all, everything shitty that sucks off of it. We need to, we, we need, uh, if we polish work, then everything that's shitty and sucks goes away too. That's true. Don't go I mean, to work. Seems, <laughs> I can't, I got nothing to do to refute it. I mean, I, this is one of those Rickyisms where you're like, you know, actually I think he's onto something. Yeah. <laughs> I love this so much. Um, I, look, I've I've never been on the anti-work left, but I think in this context, <laughs> polishing work is is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to do the, the? I know you you posted this. Uh, this oh, what is it? This is the two button <laughs> meme, but with a capitalist pig instead of a big <laughs> big um, superhero looking guy. Yeah, I just love this one because of the like the the goofy like capitalist pig drawing that they made here where yeah it's it's the standard two button meme format here where the buttons sit one says fix labor shortage by raising wages and benefits or work the few employees you have to death and then instead of the like superhero guy mopping his brow it's 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 your your capitalist pig here with a top hat and a monocle and, and a little badge with a dollar sign on it just in case you weren't clear um, and he's just slamming on that Seriously. work the few employees you have to death button slam slam slam, slam. imagine <laughs> it was whack-a-mole but it was just the one button that said work your employees to death well and then the and then the capitalist behind them is like what looks like flames to me so everything's yes. burning and like and that's that's the thing that always gets me about capitalism is like there's technically like in theory there's a way that they could do this where everyone's happy enough that the system continues on Forever. I mean, it obviously doesn't because we know that, uh, like, the, the, the tendency, tendency of the rate of profit, profit to fall <laughs> and, uh, you know, the based on the exploitation of resources and all that. But it, even just the idea of it is like, yeah, you know, like, if I, if I raised wages a little bit, like, my workers would be, like, happy and they would work hard and I would make a bunch of money. Nah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then our final meme of the day is a tiny snake uh, meme. Uh, I believe that that's just the animation style or the, the comic style. Um, and uh, the first, it's, it's a four panel. Um, first one being just like a little blob sitting on a chair. Sure love being in my house, just vibing. Mood. Honestly, I don't, I really like, I've been suggesting it the entire episode, chill in your house, just vibing, don't go to work, fuck work. <laughs> anyway, right. second panel is someone, some other blob coming in and saying, hello, guess what? I live here now. And then the first, the, the, the blob that that's their house says, wait, wait, no. And then suddenly that the blob that came in is holding a missile directly at the clearly now very sad blob that is being um invaded uh and it's like no i live here now and then the last thing is like what is this this is like um um a the, this is the final result it's just text that's supposed to like explain the conclusion it's of, as of, if this was like a movie trailer yeah movie <laughs> so trailer. this is the title right. this is the title card yeah the title card and it says 
Both sides are equally at fault. The movie. When it comes to determining blame, it's clearly just too complicated to get to. Coming soon in a crisis of imperialist ah, aggression near you. This is actually this is just an analog to Palestine and Israel, which is really big in the in the news right now, and 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 really clearly uh, does a great job at expressing what's happening. Well, it's really dishonest of this cartoonist to not show the panel where the first blob threw a rock at the other one's missile. <laughs> no, it's frown. Yeah. No, it's frowning. You see in the second panel the frown. That's enough to to do the force. <laughs> that's that's violence. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, I I, I threw this one in here because a, it's a good comic, and b, because the liberal imperialism apologia machine has been running at absolute fucking breakneck pace the past couple of days to apologize for uh, liberal for Israel's attacks on on Gaza, and this is just it's so frustrating to watch this come out every time this happens. And we just have to hear about, a, well, there's a clash of civilizations or, uh, you know, well, they shouldn't have been shooting all those rockets into Tel Aviv or all this yeah. like, well, you know, you know, there's been violence for thousands of years. Anyway, it's bullshit. Free Palestine. Death free to settler colonialism. Yeah, Absolutely. actually, I think that one of the things that I want to do, um, Gaza Fights for Freedom, which was a documentary released in ni- yeah. uh, 2019. Uh, it's a pretty heavy film. Uh, we're going to actually include it in the show notes. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, um, we're going to make sure to to make sure that, you know, you have a quick access to that link. Um, you know, it's really good to stay informed and, and you know, we got a got a free Palestine. Yeah. But on that it note, not, it is not complicated. Yeah, it's <laughs> not. It is not complicated. On that note. Thank you so much for listening to Work Stoppage. Ethan, uh, thank you for being here. Yeah. Uh, did you, you have any projects that you want to plug out? Go ahead and, uh, and, no. and just like drop it. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't do. want anyone. I don't want any more listeners or viewers to any of this <laughs> stuff. All right. No, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I do. I'll, I'll, <laughs> no, I can. I can. Um, I, so I do once a month. We, I do Invent the Future, which is most of the people who used to do Proles of the Roundtable. Um, and it's... It's a similar sort of thing, but we we don't just do history. We also kind of broaden it to some cultural stuff. Um, but yeah, we do that once a month, and that's fun. You, we're on Twitter at Proletarian Info, and then I'm also on Red Game Table. Uh, I am the GM, uh, and this is this is the thing that uh, Dan is also on with me. Dan is one of my players, um, and that's you can find us on Twitter at. I think I think at Red Game Table or at Game Table. Yeah, I'm not I sure. Think. And but it's uh, Twitter or no, it's Anchor.fm/slash Game Table. Um, and that's just sort of a we play a we it's like an actual like we, we play a role playing game that's kind of like Soviet X Files in some ways. There's a lot of like it's pretty uh, good. It's I mean like uh, there's some there's some like spooky stuff, but it's also just I, I think it's just there's a it's very funny. I think it's just fun to listen. It's fun to do. So hopefully it's fun to listen to. <laughs> yeah. Ethan does a great job coming up with incredibly cool scenarios. Yeah, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the only real play podcasts that I've heard that has ongoing music throughout, which is uh, pretty cool. But again, uh, Ethan, thank you for being here. Um, thank you for having. Thank me. everybody for. Yep. Thank everyone for listening. Um, if you want to get twice as many episodes, become a patron at patreon.com slash workstoppage. Join us in the Discord. Um, rate and review us anyway yeah send us to your friends 
Um, if you want to get that Patreon episode from last week, you can't afford it, like drop in the Discord, hit me a message. I've actually got a secret channel that has all of the Patreon episodes in it, and I will straight up just give them to you. So anyway, once again, solidarity forever. Solidarity, everybody. Solidarity. Bye. Bye.